Five Stones Church thanks you for listening to this message from Pastor Ryan Smith. For more information, events, and the latest news, consider connecting with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Together, we can awaken a generation. I just, I just respect the book. I love the author. If I love the author, I love the book. People tell me all the time, say, oh, Pastor, I just I can't seem to get into the Word of God and read it. Maybe you forgot who wrote it. The author. The author. Although he used 40 different men, he, he was the inspiration behind it. And thank you, Father. 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3. I want to pick up at verse number 1 if you'll allow me. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare, or the King James says scarce in those days. There was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass at that time while Eli was laying down in his place. And when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see. And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of God was. And while Samuel was lying down, that the Lord or <laughs> that the Lord called Samuel. And he answered, "Here I am." So he ran to Eli and said, "Here I am, for you called me." And he said, "I did not call. Lie down again." And he went and laid down. Verse 6 says, The Lord called again, yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. He answered, I did not call you, my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. Verse 8, and the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he rose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, go lie down, and it shall be if he calls you that you must say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood and called as other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I will do something in Israel at which both the ears of everyone who hears, it will tingle. Father, over the next few moments, I ask you to do what you do and do it by your Spirit. We grant you permission to speak. We yield ourselves unto you. We humble before, us, before you ourselves and say, Lord, speak. We have ears to hear. Let us hear. 
We have minds to perceive. Let us perceive. And let us have a turning point moment today by your spirit, your spirit alone. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, you can be seated for just a moment. I'll try not to, to, to hold you terribly long, but how many see a, a great parallel between Israel and our culture? If you look at Israel at this time period and, and, and just a little bit of the narrative that I broke down for you, the Bible says that the word of God was rare, or King James says scarce in that time. And it says that there was no revelation. It was not flowing freely. And we have Eli, who was a picture of leadership that had become somewhat uh, archaic in their pursuit of God. The Bible says that the lamp that was in the, the holies of holies had lost its oil and was no longer being a light and an influence. And, and there's a lot of parallels because if you look at, at where Israel was and where our culture is today, you see a great picture of the similarities of the two. You say, what do you mean? I mean the word of God seems to be scarce today in our culture. We don't have a tremendous amount of biblical oritation from, from the pulpits that are divining and designing and creating and releasing and all these things. We don't get much of that anymore. We just we kind of have an absence of vision, an absence of revelation. And, and when you look at the time period and the neglect that Israel had, i, I got to admit to you there's a tremendous amount of neglect in today's culture as it relates to biblical values. Okay, because when you look at the, the, the society in which you and I live in, I, I got to be honest with you, there's a lot that I can find fault in. You can look at the Word of God and, and we can point a lot of fingers at, at decay and decline in culture. But it wouldn't be real prudent for me to spend the entire day talking about the negatives, now would it? Because most of us could spend the entire day talking about the negatives that we see. In fact, news does a lot of that for us. It demonstrates the dysfunction of our culture, doesn't it? So I don't want to spend a lot of times, though there is some benefit sometimes in identifying the negative. I want to talk to you about what I believe God's about to release. Because every time we think that culture is beyond repair, Every time we think that our society is beyond restoration, God has always triggered and released something in individuals that sparked a reformation. God has always had somebody. They may have been hidden on the backside of nowhere, but God always had somebody that he could speak to, that would hear his word. And there was always a turning point throughout society, and we've witnessed many reformations and moves of God. And I think for some reason we have this tendency to think that God is a God of the past without realizing that his covenant is also a God of the present and a God of the future. See, when I read this narrative and I read through this and I spent a little bit of time refreshing and looking at it, I, I began to realize that even in the midst of leadership and, and, and the church world, if you want to relate Israel as a church, you can. You look at that picture and you realize that even though they had drifted so far from God, God still had a covenant agenda. He just needed a person. 
So what do you mean by all that, Pastor? I just want you to understand, in the midst of everything that we see that is wrong in our culture, and I see a lot of it and so do you. How many of you know what I'm talking about? There's a lot of wrong. I have to believe that the God of covenant, the God that is obligated to his word, a God that is not a man that he should lie, is about ready to release a word and a voice in the midst of our land that speaks like a Samuel spoke. Thus, there's about to be a new wave coming because in the, oh my, help me. In the midst of gross darkness, there has to be a release of greater light because you cannot move darkness with a form of darkness. You have to move darkness with a light that penetrates through it. But you can't have light absent of God. So when there's no God in the pulpit and there's no God in the pew, you'd have no light to penetrate darkness. But I do know this much about God. God has always found somebody. God has always found a people. He's always had somebody. I'm looking at a room full of somebodies. I'm looking at a room full of those who if they would just hear. Ah. If you could just hear Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle not far from Eli. And when Eli allowed Israel to drift so far away from God Eli, who didn't discipline his children, and you ought to read the story because if you don't think parenting matters, you ought to talk to Eli because he had some hoodlums for boys who absolutely caused great, great pain to Israel. But Samuel grows up in it because if you know the story, his mother dedicated him To the Lord. Hannah said, I've been barren for so long. Now that I have a child, I'm going to release my firstborn under the service of the tabernacle. So at this time that this is written, at best he may be 14, maybe 15 years old. He's a young teenage boy. But he's been surrounded by the tabernacle. Unfortunately, the tabernacle had lost its significance. Let me just, can can I work it out? I'm going to ask again, can I work it out? It's better, thank you. Just need a little support here to make sure you're going to go with me because if you're not going, there ain't no point in me talking. So Samuel has seen the decay. He's seen the dysfunction. He's he's seen Eli lose vision. He's he's seen the church lose its light. He's, He's seen the oil, the anointing disappear, and he's been around it. And it's interesting to me that sometimes our struggles have a tendency to think we're disqualified from hearing from God. Anybody ever been through a struggle? Okay, that's about a third of you. Anybody been through a struggle? I mean, you had adversity. You had trials. You had trauma. You had 
difficulty. You've been through a lot of stuff that if everybody knew what you've been through, they'd sure enough put you on their prayer list. Am I right? How many in this room just wave at me if you've been through something? How many know that sometimes when you go through a struggle, you feel disqualified from being used of God? And, and here's the thing that the Lord dealt with me. He said, just because you've been through a struggle doesn't mean that I can't speak to you out of it. Just because you've been through a struggle doesn't mean that God can't get a word to you out of your struggle. Because when you look at this narrative, the struggle of Israel is there. You have Samuel, the young boy, who came from a mother who had given birth to him out of her barrenness, which was a struggle. And here he is, and he's surrounded with no vision. He's surrounded with no word. Now he's serving. He's serving, but he's still struggling. Are you here? He's still serving. The Bible said he's still serving, but yet he did not know the Lord like he needed to know the Lord because his environment had a a deep control over his life. See, sometimes the enemy wants to tell you that because you're struggling, you can't hear God. I want you to know something. Just because you're struggling does not mean that God can't get you a word in the midst of your struggle. Mm. The problem is, when I hear a voice in my struggling, who do I look to for interpretation? Can I walk it out? Because when God speaks to Samuel the first time, where does Samuel go for interpretation? He goes back to Eli, which is familiar. See, when you're struggling and you start hearing things, especially from God, you have a tendency to filter it through the only thing you know. Come on, let me work it out. So Eli is the only thing that Samuel knows So when he hears the first word of God, where does he go? He goes to Eli and says, Eli, Eli, here, I'm here. Did you call me? Eli goes, boy, go back to bed. I didn't call you. On three separate occasions, Samuel hears something. Something calling him out of his struggle. But he can't obey the word until he stops looking at human resources Okay, about three of you got that. Because what happens to us is, is when we're in deep struggles, we have a tendency to believe we're hearing God's voice of an arising in us, but we always go back to what's familiar looking for validation. On three occasions, he goes back to Eli, and Eli finally says, Listen, boy, I do remember a day when God used to speak to me Isn't that interesting? Eli perceives that now it's God speaking. Now what's interesting, God's going to turn Israel around, but he can't talk to Eli anymore. He has to find somebody else. He doesn't stop talking to Eli, but yet Eli still perceived what the voice of God sounds like. Are you following me? I'll get to the good stuff in a minute. So if you miss this, you'll miss everything because he goes to the familiar looking for validation for the voice of God. And finally, after the fourth time, he answers correctly and says, Lord, 
I hear. Now that's interesting to me because the call comes right in the midst of the struggle. And the problem you and I have, at least I have, maybe not you, is discerning the voice in the midst of the struggle. Because it's easier to go back to what's familiar. And as long as the familiar keeps telling you don't worry about it, you just keep going back and laying down. I'm thankful that God's a God of covenant who keeps talking to us when we keep laying down. And I feel like that's exactly what's been going on in the body of Christ in today's contemporary church is that God realizes the decay and the demise of the local church and our society and our community and he keeps speaking to you and I. The problem is we never arise and adhere because we keep going back to our past and looking for validation through the thing that is familiar. Is this... Can, can I, I hate to, thank you, Miss Cleo, I got you, thank you. Miss Cleo said go. If she said go, I can go. The reason we have had a diminish of the anointing and a lack of the move of God is not because God has not been speaking to us. And it's not that you haven't been hearing it. It's you've been looking to natural sources to validate what comes from the Spirit. Ah, This new generation, if you want to call them the Samuel generation that God's going to rise, they're not looking for your validation. They're not looking for you to be the move of God. They have discerned the voice of God. The Bible said that my sheep Know my voice. I don't need to verify it. I don't need a validation of such. I don't need an approval from you. I've heard and I obey. I hearken to and do whatsoever you command me to do. Why? Because I've learned to discern the voice of an Eli versus the voice of God. And our problem is we don't have crafted discernment in the church. You want to know why? You know what I'm going to do now. I'm going to get down here in your business. You want to know why we keep missing God? Not because we're not in, not because there's absence of struggle. Struggles really becomes the breeding ground of our promotion, to be honest with you. His voice becomes clear in our struggles. Don't diminish your struggle. Your struggle is the key to where you need to be because he'll speak to you out of your struggle. But... Here's what the Lord dealt with me. He said, the reason we don't have the move of God, why we don't have the new generation of people that are stepping out, hearing the voice of God and doing what God called them to do is because they can't break the gravitational pull of the environment they're already in. Marinate on that a moment. We all live in a culture, in a community And its values, its virtues, its principles, its standards are all around us. And whether you like it or not, it's like a gravitational pull pulling you back into carnality when you're trying to step into a spirit world. Am I wrong or am I right? 
See, Samuel was wrestling with, with being not only where he was, but seeing where God wanted to take him. And see, my thing is, if I'm not willing to break that thing that holds me and the environment that holds me, I'll never step into the depth of the courageousness of the Spirit of God that He has entitled for me to have. Don't think for one moment God created you to be carnal. God did not design you to go through the mechanisms of religion. He called you to be a voice in a world of chaos. He called you to speak, Mama. He called you to speak, Daddy. He called you to be a voice. And the reason we're not seeing the voice is because we won't break Break free from the environment. When you're accustomed to no word and no revelation and no vision and the light of the church has went out, the power and the gravitational pull of the culture pulls you into normalcy. And you will never change normal with normal. I know the church wants to play it cute. I know we live in a world today, and I've just, I've just got to get this off my heart. We've got a world today where the church tries to be as much like the world, and we've used all the techniques and all the marketing and all the other stuff in order to make ourselves more marketable and presentable to the community and the culture we live in. Y'all don't disagree? Absolutely. So now the church looks like the world, so we can bring the world into our church without offending them. So now we have an absence of conviction. We have no need for repentance. We have no need to preach the cross and Him crucified. And we obviously have no need to preach the resurrection. And God forbid if we even mention the Holy Ghost and the power of God that enables us to do all things. And most churches in America can be out in 60 minutes whether God shows up or not. And I'm not trying to hold you for a long period of time just to hold you. I'm trying to communicate something to you that there is something moving in the spirit of the church and there's something moving in us and we've got to become so so transparent and so vulnerable and so humble in his presence because what he's doing is what he did for Samuel. He's speaking to us to leave the very thing that is familiar in order to be what the culture needs and it will shake it, transform it. See, here's the thing for me. I have had more people ridicule me, roll their eyes at me, walk out on me, Tell me things that I didn't need to know about myself. Are you in this building? I've had more fingers pointed in my chest. I've had more people say they want my planes to crash and meet me in a foyer and tell me they wish they could kill me. Y'all like, that That don't happen. Mama. Yeah. And you say, well, what, what is the problem? Familiarity will cause you to be just like them even though God's calling you out from among them. This church wasn't designed nor created by God to be attached to a former move. 
We have to be the Samuels of 2017. We have to be those who recognize that, yes, the lamp is about gone. The oil is about gone. It's not gone because God ran out of oil. It ran out because it was neglect in the house of God. And we must realign ourselves with the heart of a servant and say, we're not about ready to let the oil run out of the house. The house must be a light. The house must be a beacon. We must raise back the standards of what's right. And that means sometimes we got to break away. Say, well, they're not going to like us. Break away. Look, I've had an entire church walk out on me. I turned around and they were all gone. The only people that were left were the people that came with me. Everybody, we went to a church to minister to them. And I took, you know, some people with me. Because they said, Pastor, where you go, we go. So we went. I turned around. And everybody that was supposed to be there from the ministry, the church we went to, got up and walked out. You say, what, is that, what was that all about? A choice. A choice to settle or a choice to seek. I have had too much in my life spoken over me. And so have some of you had too much spoken over your life in the way of destiny, in the way of promise, in the way of future for you to let some devil tell you you can't have it, for you to have adversity tell you where your season ain't coming. Some of you have to stop settling. Some of you got to pull up the stake. Some of you say it's time. I know I've heard God. It's time. I'm not going to listen to Eli nor his validation. I'm not going to run back to the thing that's familiar. It's a new season. It's a new day. It's a turning point. And I'm ready to go after the thing that God has promised my life. (laughs) See, here's the thing. You say, well, praise God. And then you'll go back into Monday and do the same thing you've always done. As if God never spoke. As if the word of God has never been released over your life. Do you understand? I wake up every morning of my life thinking about this house. Some days I would like to be able to not. But I wake up every morning saying, God, what do you want to do with us? How do you want us to invade this community? How do you want us to bring the life-changing gospel to the, do- to the doomed and the damned? How do you want to use us? I'm desperate to hear his voice. I'm desperate for him to speak in my bedchamber. I'm desperate for him to speak out of my familiarity. I'm desperate for him to speak in the world I'm living in. This generation needs to learn to hear God's voice. That generation needs to learn to hear God's voice. Why? Because God's always had somebody who would represent his covenant when no one else would sign up. He'll find a Samuel and speak to him out of the struggles and release into him a word that took him four times 
God never judged him. Huh? So you missed it a few times. Yeah, so have I. I've missed it a few times myself. But here's the thing. Every time you hear it, you've got to go, okay, God, is this it? Oh, Lord, is this it? I stood right over here this morning when we were worshiping. And I said, God, I've walked to the pulpit year after year after year after year after year. And I've grabbed a Bible and I've grabbed a microphone and I've shared what I believe you said share. Lord, was it about time for you to start speaking? (laughs) I said, God, it's about time for you to start speaking because they don't listen to me. I'm just telling you what me and God had a little conversation during praise and worship. I said, God, they don't listen to me. I said, they're going to keep doing what they always do. They're going to keep running back to a former system. They're going to keep running back to their Eli's. They're going to keep running back to the thing that's familiar to them. And I said, all the time, they're wasting time. And the lamp, the lamp is running out of oil. I said, God, I'm concerned about the church because the the oil lamp is is seemingly diminishing in our culture. They don't respect the church. They've marginalized the church. They don't seem to respect us because what has happened is, is the oil has run out. Not because there's a shortage of anointing. There's a shortage of Samuels who keep the light burning. And I don't know about you, but I want the church to burn. I want us to burn bright. I want to be a light on top of a hill that no matter how far away you are, you can see the king of glory, the power of covenant, and the redeeming work of Christ. We don't always have to be trying to be pleasing. I really believe God's calling a controversial people to the forefront. I believe God's calling a different breed of people to the front. I believe God's calling some unique people to the front. People that have been in a struggle. Huh? I mean some people that had to fight for some stuff. Are you here? I'm talking about some people that had their back against the wall. Some people that have been lied on. Some people that have been mistreated. Some people that have had their, had their life go through some shambles and some trials. And they just didn't think they were going to make it. But they came out the other side. Nobody thought you was going to make it, but you came out. And you may say, well, God's not going to speak to you. I got news to you. He's going to speak to you out of your divorce. He's going to speak to you out of your bankruptcy. He's going to speak to you out of your greatest pain. He's still speaking. He'll speak to you right out of your most embarrassing moment. Stand, stand, stand. I told you I wasn't going to hold you. You're like, that's the shortest sermon I've ever heard you preach. Five Stones Church thanks you for listening to this message from Pastor Ryan Smith. For more information, events, and the latest news, consider connecting with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Together, we can awaken a generation.